Okay. Erev Tov. Erev Parshat Pinchas. We'll have a look at an interesting machloket among the Rishonim as to how uh, to understand the nature of the reward that Pinchas reaped as a result of his kanaut, um, his zealotry against uh, Zimri and Cosby. So the basic story we, we're all familiar with, uh, the story picks up already from last week, where Bilam's Eitzah was for um, Moab and Midian together to seduce Klal Israel into uh, scenarios of uh, illicit intimacy um, and couple that with Avoy Zorah, and that will bring the wrath of Akush Baruch Hu against Klal Israel, um, and it almost threatened to destroy Am Yisrael if it wasn't for uh, the initiative of Pinchas. Pinchas sees uh, Zimri and Cosby entering into this uh, illicit relationship, and he takes the law into his own hands, and he, uh, and, he, and he kills them. Now, the pastor comes along and tells us that um, what Akash uh, Baruch did here was to reward, was to reward uh, Pinchas with, uh, with, with two brochas. One could argue whether there were two over here or it's part of the same, but it sounds like that there's uh, definitely a way to see it as two separate brachot. And, and that is to see, number one, um, there's a Brit Shalom. Uh, a Brit Shalom, we need to understand what its, you know, its, its relationship to us is over here, uh, but ultimately he gets a Brit Shalom. And then he also gets a Brit Kahuda. He becomes he becomes part of the Koh- the Kohen uh, um, tribe, if you can call it that. And um, these t- these two brachot, uh, Pinchas Pinchas deserves or, ne- or gets them, and we need to appreciate these these brachot. Now, um, well, what's the nature of this of this Brit Shalom? How does it play itself out? So. It's interesting that uh, a number of things could have materialized as Pinchas uh, does away with Zimri and Cosby. And that is that there could have been quite easily uh, another revolution there. There could have been an uprising. There could have been a terrible reaction against Pinchas. And uh, whether it's from the tribe of Shimon in particular or Klal Yisrael um, in general, they could have turned on him. And, uh, and the fact that they could have turned on him and killed him is played out in the words of the Midrash, where the Midrash says, you know, who does this guy think he is um, taking out a leader of, uh, you know, of Klal Yisrael? He doesn't have the, the yiches, he doesn't have the chashivut, you know, to be able to do such a thing. He's, he's, he's somebody who's really um, not, not, not fit for this level of, uh, you know, of, um, of initiative. And um, they basically, the Midrash comes along and tells us that, um, you know, the, when they reacted against, against um, Pinchas, so they, uh, they came along and they said all sorts of things to him. How exactly it, it actually played out literally in terms of what they said, how he heard it. But bottom line is, is that, um, they were, you know, they were saying that, you know, who, who, who you, this person that you are, you know, you, you you like Aaron, you like Aaron because you, uh, you know, you, and you, you like you like your grandfather Yitro who fattens calves for Avodah Zorah, and you like Aaron who uh, 
got involved in creating the Lavoid Zora. And now you coming from this kind of a, you know, this kind of a background, who are you to, to become this this Kanai, um, you know, who's a kosher Kanai, if you can, if you can call him that. Um, now from the from the, the lines of the Midrash, you can see here that um, the next step would have been to to justify going after Pinchas and to kill him. Um, and and therefore, as the Brit Shalom, the Brit Shalom could have been there as a, just a, a simple way of negating any type of further uh, bloodshed. And so, um, you know, people were going to kill him. So, Akash Baruch got involved to to stop any type of further fighting carrying on, whether it was against Pinchas or it might have been some people. Pinchas might have had supporters, and 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 then Zimri might have had supporters. There could have been another war. A civil war within Klai Israel, and so the bridge Shalom on a certain level could have been just to quieten quieten everybody down within Klai Israel and not precipitate any kind of violence going going forward. The other kind of bridge Shalom is that um, Pinchas created uh, a, an opportunity for Klai Israel to be mit kaper to find some sort of atonement. Um, in their relationship with Akash Baruch Hu, after having violated it uh, via the, the aids of, of, of Bilam. And so, yeah, I'm, Akash Baruch Hu is going to take his anger out against Klal Israel, And uh, the plague that came upon Klal Israel as a result of their moral behavior would have killed many more Jews had Pinchas not intervened. So by killing Zimri, Pinchas pacifies Akash Baruch Hu's anger and, uh, and brings back Shalom between Klal Yisrael and Akash Baruch. And, and the, the irony, of course, is, is that the only way to create the Shalom was to execute, uh, you know, Zimri, Zimri and Cosby. So, um, this, you know, these are two different ways of looking at what the Brit Shalom is about. Is it about making Shalom between Klal Yisrael and Akash Baruch? Or, you know, is it between Am Yisrael themselves that there shouldn't be some sort of civil war? Now, when you look at these two approaches to what Brit Shalom is all about, you can hear, you can start to see that um, that, that 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 this is connected to the very avodah or the very tough kid, the very job of the kohen. Mitzarechad, um, the kohen is all about taking, creating a deeper relationship between Amishon and Kosh Baruch. So kohanim are functionaries in the mikdash. They are also um, they are also malamdim, teachers of Torah, and they therefore try and pave the way for the spiritual relationship to take place. And uh, at the same time, um, dovetailing with the, the, the function in the Mikdash and in the Beit HaMidrash, um, there's also this concept of Ohev Shalom Dave Shalom, which was the Midot of, of Aaron HaKohen. And so, um, yeah, the, the role of the, the Kohen it's almost ironic in a way because the, the passion of the Kohen can lead to trouble as well. But, but the role of the Kohen is to create this, the concept of Shalom. So Pinchas is in line to receive this brocha of Kahuna because he acted like a Kohen of, of sorts. And, uh, and as a result, brings, uh, you know, he, brings, he brings Shalom between Amin Sonakosh Baruch and between Kali Israel themselves. So this is this is 
this sort of looks at how Brit Shalom, you know, plays, plays itself out here. Now, there is another way to look at, at what was going on in this, in this particular story. The way we've presented it until now, um, where Pinchas gets the bracha, Brit Shalom, and as a result, because the Brit Shalom is so, in, so tied up with what the Kohen Tafkid is, so he, he, becomes a, he becomes a Kohen, uh, he becomes a Kohen as well. Now, our, understand, our understanding um, as, as to the fact that uh, Pinchas was not a Kohen is, um, is, is really with growing up with the Pshat of, of, of Rashi. Um, you know, he, he, uh, Rashi teaches us that um, Pinchas was, was, uh, was not really a, wasn't a Kohen. Um, why? Because what, re what really happened was as follows. You know, sort of Pinchas fell in between, Pinchas, Pinchas fell victim to a type of uh, chronology um, over here. And that is that uh, Pinchas's father, Elazar, and grandfather Aaron, they were Kohanim. They were they were appointed Kohanim by Kosh Baruch Hu. So if Aaron's a Kohen and Elazar is a Kohen, so what happened to Pinchas? He's the grandson. Why, why was he not a Kohen? So Rashi explains as, as, as follows that uh, really Aaron was was made a Kohen. So Kosh Baruch Hu tells Moshe Rabbeinu, uh, you know, bring close uh, to, to me, Aaron, your brother, and his children, uh, and, and, and make them Kohanim. And so who was made Kohanim? The pastor continues, besides you, Aaron, bring me your children. They were the Bnei Aaron. So they, they were the ones who were actually made into Kohanim. Um, and from that point in time on, uh, anybody born to, to those, to, to Aaron and his sons, they, they, they would automatically be, be Kohanim. Now, the problem here is, is that Pinchas was already born. So he, he sort of was in a very uh, interesting situation. He wasn't included in Vata Kreveilecha. He, he, he wasn't part of that clause. Uh, he's not part of the Banim of Aaron. He's a grandchild. And, and, um, and, and so therefore he wasn't made a Kohen. And, and at the same time, he also wasn't those people who were born uh, to, to Aaron and his children. So as a result of already being born, and not being made into a coin, he doesn't, he doesn't inherit the kahuna. That's how, that's how Rashi explains. So, so Pinchas is excluded from uh, being a kohen. He's a lady, but he's not a, he's not, he's not a kohen. So that Brit kunat olam that, that he was given, according to Rashi, was a, a complete and utter broker. That even though he was excluded, he's not part of Zaroshel Aaron as far as, as far as this is concerned. Um, he's not part of the ones who were anointed, Aaron and his sons. And he, and he wasn't part of the people who were born after the anointing, the appointment of Aaron. Um, therefore, he, he did not get the kuna until 
until after this particular Misa after assassinating uh, Zimri. That's how Rashi interprets, and that's how we've, we've understood. Now, it's interesting that there are other Rishonim who, uh, who don't see it like this. And I, and I interpret the whole story or the concept of at least the Brit Kuna, you know, as, as, as something different. And uh, this particular Shita is something not as well known. But yeah, the, this particular line of thinking claims that really Pinchas was already a Kohen. He was always a Kohen, you know, along with his father and grandfather, uncles, cousins, etc. You know, he, he, uh, he, he, he was a Kohen. Now, so what, so what happened over here? If he's a Kohen, so what brocha, what brocha did he get? So yeah, the Ibn Ezra comes up with one approach. And the Ibn Ezra says that the Brit Shalom um, is as follows, that um, he's going to get a, a, a reward that his children who would follow from him would not just be regular Kohanim, but they would be Kohanim Gedolim. So if you try and chase the lineage of all those Kohanim Gedolim that, that came thereafter, after Aaron and after Elazar, you should be able to see that the vast majority of Kohanim Gedolim came from this particular line. And this is how Ibn Ezra interprets that an already exist, existing Kohen gets a unique brocha of, uh, of, Birkat, of Birkat Kohen. The, there's another Rishon, the Riva, he approaches this differently. And he says like this, he says that we all know that a Kohen who kills somebody is Pasol is Pasol So when Pinchas now attacks Zimri and Cosby, that should have automatically disqualified him as a coin. And it's and, and and therefore he could never have become a coin. And even if he was already a coin, he can't do the avoda. So something has to happen over here in order to readmit Pinchas as a coin who can work or to actually create him into a coin, however you look at it. And this is exactly what the Riva um, brings down as uh, the definition of the Brit Shalom that Akush Baruch gave him. As a result of uh, violating Kohen Shiaragat Nefesh, Loisait Kapav, that a Kohen who kills somebody cannot do it anymore. Um, and, and so he, he was absolutely, he was, in a, he was in a position to lose his Kohuna. And therefore Akush Baruch gave him a Brit Shalom. You know, the, the Brit Shalom means that somehow the Brit, the Brit uh, shields uh, Pinchas uh, to allow him to retain his kuna, to retain his kuna, um, and not and not lose it, despite the fact that in this case the way he, you know, he should have lost it because he killed somebody. So in other words, when the when the din is taught about a kohen killing somebody, um, there that din is. Um, uh, to a certain point. In other words, it could be that if there's a mitzvah to kill somebody um, because of what they're violating at the time, then there's a shit to say based on what's going on over here that even if a Kohen does kill somebody, he uh, he doesn't lose his kahuna. So if a Kohen uh, killed somebody um, 
today, even today, in a, in a, God forbid, in a car accident or whatever, whatever it is, it's, it's, it's not premeditated at all. But you killed somebody. Even if it's honest, you would not allowed to do. You'd be not allowed to do it. And kavuchomer if you killed intentionally. However, if there's a mitzvah to kill a person, then one could argue that based on this understanding of what happens to Pinchas, maybe this the same Brit, the Brit, the Kuna, a person is protected. So um, I remember having to to discuss this whole entire question um, with Rabbi Lichtenstein when uh, when I was in the army because we were we were in a situation um, in uh, in Lebanon where it's pitch black and the only way you can you know you can see what's going on is by using these uh, these kind of um, thermal goggles you know you it's like a bun- set of bun- in the old days my stomach's much more uh, advanced today, but in my day, you had these kind of binoculars that you would look through, and the binoculars had a the thermal function, and they pick up heat. And they contrast the contrast the heat of a human being with the environment. So you'd see, you'd see like uh, you know, you'd, you'd see a, a type of a color spectrum start to present itself. So depending on how hot things were, so a human being would, you know, the, the heart of the human being would come up red. Um, the person then would come up red, and then sort of a little sh- lighter shade of red, and then and then around the human being would be even lighter. Uh, but but you couldn't tell that you couldn't see you couldn't see the shape of the person. You could see like a shape of heat. So you 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 couldn't be certain whether that was a person or that it was an animal, for argument's sake. It was too dark. You couldn't you couldn't see. Um, but it but you know you're sitting in the middle of Lebanon. You know, Safek Pikuach Nefesh Lechumreya, you know. Okay. So the, the worst that'll happen, you know, the worst that'll happen is that uh, you'll kill an animal by mistake. But the best that would happen is that you take out a terrorist. Anyway, so we had one of these attacks on our on our position, and it was hard to see exactly what was going on. But this this uh this attack happened, and you know, we sort of jumped into action. And then, you know, after all the fire carnage had finished and then all of a sudden, you know, you go and you go and work out, okay, what happened? Let's go and see, you know, who, who's, who's, who's lying down, who's, who's gone, right? Anyway, we, I, I, we killed terrorists. Who exactly killed them? How we killed them? You know, what position we were coming from? It was very, very difficult to tell. Uh, but bottom line is, is that there was definitely... You know, uh, a, a a set of bodies that was, you know, killed very close to, close enough to, to my position. You know, so I was on the one corner of the of the of the area, and that's what happened. So, do, do I know what happened? Do I know what I did? Do I? No, I don't. I don't, don't really know. Is there a good chance? There was a good chance. Um, and that was the shyler that I asked, you know, when I when I saw Rabbi see next, you know, what what do I do over here, you know? So he told me that this is a shitter, that basically if there's a mitz is a mitzvah to uh, to um, to take out the enemies of Klal Israel, and uh, and therefore the fact that there's a safek number one, but it's put together with a, you know with a uh, with a mitzvah a mitzvah opinion number two. Um, 
all that together would allow would allow any kohen or myself for that matter, you know, to carry on to carry on duchani. So this is the kind of uh, this is the shit of the riva that uh, that he that he told me that um, you know the 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 bridge shalom basically def- defended it protected somehow on a spiritual level it protected uh, uh, Pinchas from losing his kahuna. Now, the way the Riva puts it is that uh, he uses the phrase that, that Pinchas was petrified that he'd lose his kohenship. Sounds like the Riva is following what Ibn Ezra, that they both hold that Pinchas was definitely a kohen. The shali is, is he going to lose it? You know, so okay, the Ibn Ezra was that he would have children and, and, and most of the Kanim Gadolim would come from him. And the revised that he would have lost his kuna and uh, and the, and and thereby uh, the bridge shalom was needed to, to protect it. So uh, these are very different ways of looking at what happened. As far as Rashi is concerned, um, Rashi's pshat is okay, he was never in a position to lose uh, to lose his kuna because he wasn't a, wasn't a coin. The silent now would be, um, could he be? Could he become a kohen? Um, so this becomes an interesting point. According to Rashi, uh, what would happen over here? You'd have to say that um, you know he, he might not have been able to become a kohen, but because there was a mitzvah here, because of course Baruch gave him the bracha and the kanaut that that the Pinchas expressed here was l'shem shemaim enough to be able to. Have this brocha, so um, so this is what the bridge shalom, basically the bridge shalom, really, really, really achieved. Now it's interesting to contemplate a comment of the Zohar, um, where the Zohar comes along and tells us that um, this is exactly why Akosh Baruch Hu designed that that Pinchas should be caught in such a weird position, the weird position. Um, as Rashi looked at it, the real position that on the one hand he's not he's not appointed uh, with Aaron and his sons, and number two he's not born into that lineage. He's already born, so you have to ask yourself, you know, what 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 is that all about? Why did Akosh Baruch Hu, you know, do such a thing? So the the Zohar makes this suggestion that since Akosh Baruch Hu knew that Pinchas would kill Zimri. Uh, and, and as a result, would, would be disqualified as a coin if he would have been one from the beginning. So Akosh Baruch Hu, Zohar, does this uh, interesting thing. Akosh Baruch Hu knowing, so to speak, that Pinchas is going to get involved, yeah? So he 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 keeps Pinchas's kuna in abeyance. He, he holds it. He holds it until eventually um, he's, he's worthy of getting it and not losing it. And that would have been after after the killing Zimri, so according to the Zohar, Kosh Baruch Hu gets out of his gets out, gets out of his own technical dinner over here. That um, that uh, you know that, that that he would be able to be uh, made a kohen, even though he, he he would have killed somebody until now. From the Zohar, we've got a real Shiloh on the scenario that I was describing to you, because if it's so simple to say, like I was saying that. If you if you do it if you're doing it for a mitzvah, you, you, the mitzvah protects you. So then, what what, what was the zohar trying to say? Then let Pinchas become a coin like everybody else, and the mitzvah of 
of you know of killing Zimri and Cosby, uh, that should have protected him. The whole thing was a mitzvah. The czar either says no. The czar says that wouldn't have been good enough because Baruch had to give him a bridge shalom. Doesn't help any guy who's in, in who's, who's a soldier in the army, unless you somehow have to say that the czar um, would rule leniently with regard to a pikuach nefesh scenario. That's mamish a mitzvah. But with regard to Zimri and Cosby, was it a mitzvah of sorts, or was it, or, you know, what kind of a mitzvah exactly is it here? And that that could be discussed as to what what level of mitzvah is needed in order to provide to provide protection. You know, to the coin who uh, who flexes muscle over here and um, and does what he does. So these are these are some of the chidushim here that are are brought down when you look at trying to understand the story. He has a chidush that it's not so clear that Rashi is the only way to look at the story. It could be that Pinchas was a coin a coin all along, and the bracha was extended and broadened kuhunership, especially to the kohenim gedolim. Or to the fact that um, the Brit Kuna protected him, that he could become a coin, or, or or not, or not, or not lose, not lose his Kuna. Now, the other Balei Amusar uh, point out that this this mida of Kanaut is a very very dangerous mida, and uh, dangerous in the sense that it's one of those midot that if you are not the right person and you don't apply the right level of the shame shamayim, you get into serious trouble. And uh, and the very nature of that mitzvah can turn around and 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 bite you. And uh, it's interestingly played out in a uh, in a in a chidush that um, that is brought down by Rav, by Rav Cook. And uh, Rav Cook talks about it uh, when when looking to try and understand that that Gemara uh, Masechet Brachot Chavchet Amud Bet, there Rav Kook uh, focuses on that Gemara uh, where Rabban Gamliel is reconstituting the Shmona Esrei, and he he uh, he's the he's the Rosh Sanhedrin in Yavne after the Churban uh, of the Beit Hamikdash, and and as a result of this now when reconstituting and putting the Shmona Esrei. That we're familiar with into into play, um, Raman Gamliel understood that we needed to add another brocha into the Shmona Esra, uh, possibly as a result of uh, the devastating effects of the various, um, you know, uh, informers uh, and heretics that uh, plagued the Jewish people, um, and uh, and this brocha that we know so well. Um, was added into the Shemona Esra. But Rav Gamliel didn't do it himself. He didn't allow himself to compose the Nusach. And uh, he, he looked to the right person to do such a thing. And as uh, you may well know, there was a, there was a person by the name of Shmuel Katan. Shmuel Katan, uh, the Katan referring to his, to his ego. Shmuel Katan, Shmuel the Modest. And uh, he, he was approached by Rav Gamliel and he agreed to formulate the the Nusach of the Tefillah, of the Brikat Aminim. It's interesting that, that the Nusach of that brocha is debated about. It seems to have changed. The original Nusach um, would have been uh, those who were Meshumad, apostates, uh, heretics, 
and 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 then it was changed maybe at the same time later I'm not sure when so we've got a late and the question is the original one why was it why you know why was it superseded by what we have uh, and, and therefore it could be that the original Nusach was more in place um, at the time of Rabbi Gamliel where the biggest issue was one of the big issues was that Jews became heretics and caused all the trouble by siding with the Romans and, and all that kind of thing. And in, and in later years, uh, it might have been that there were not that many Mishumadim, but the, big, the bigger danger was Mal Shinim, people who were informers and informed us to the government. Either way, uh, the basic Nusach, or the Nusach was put together by Shmuel HaKatan. And uh, so Rav Kuk, as many others do, try try appreciate why Shmuel HaKatan was the unique individual who was chosen, you know, to create the Nusach of this uh, of this tefillah. So Rav Cook points out the following. He says that the concept of tefillah in general, the nature of tefillah is based on a, it's a medium of, 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 of harmony and understanding. Uh, it's, it's got a lot of chesed, a lot of ahava. Th that, that gives the kind of motivation for tefillah. So anybody who has that midah, can, can, these midot, can write tefillot. Um, however, this, this uh, broker of Birkat Aminim has the exact opposite. There's no, you're not bringing harmony into the people of Israel, at least directly, indirectly, possibly. But, but yeah, you're not asking Yerushalayim to be built and the house of David Amelech to, to, to find its place again and, and everybody to, you know, to have Parnosa and, and health, etc. All the positivity coming in here. Yeah, you've got exactly the opposite. You've got a problem and you want to excise it from the people. So yeah, it's a, it's a very different ruach of how this brochen is working. So yeah, you're trying to get rid of all the mishumadim and malshinim. So normally, if you're a person who has suffered at the hands of such people and you, and you bring, you bring their, your memories back you know, in front of you, you'll just fill yourself with, with anger. And the minute you start feeling hatred and anger, you know, you know, you're not in a, you're not in the right position to, to create a brocha. Um, and therefore you need to, you need to be somebody who's not going to get angry. Um, you got to be somebody who's on a, a, a ridiculously high madraga that, um, that even though you contemplate what the brocha says and who it refers to, you've got to be able to do it in such a way that it's not over the top. Hard to be over the top for Mishumadim and Malshinim, especially since the halacha allows you, you know, to, to kill them, especially Malshinim. If you, if you have a Malshin, you know, you know that there's a, a guy who Mamush is, uh, you know, would, would, would start, rattling of names to the to the anti-Semitic government and that government would then in order to you know to sow seeds of of, of terror in the population would come down and, and execute the people that were that were told on about you can kill them all shit so yeah you've got to you know you've got to be able to uh you've got to be able to create a a, a which has uh 
this incredible balance between, you know, how you limit the damage and correct the evil caused by all of this. And at the same time, you, you, you can't have too much personal um, stock invested over here. So you've got to find the person who is like that. And so, um, you know, it's almost like you want to hate the evil that they represent and the evil that they do and uh, and still recognize that there's there's a spark of Yiddishkeit in there somewhere. Uh, that's It's very difficult to do that. And so um, the minute anyone has any animosity uh, when you're trying to create something like this, you're going to inject and infuse some subjective thinking and kavona into this. And apparently Shmuel Katan was of this Madrega that, uh, you know, that he... Um, he was actually able to to create the to create the tefillah, and um, you know, Rav Cook points out that you know what is what is known to us is that um, the the midah that the the midah that um, is is uh, you know is, is is special as far as as far as um, Shmuel Akatan is concerned is is basically um, recorded in his name. In uh, in Masechet Avot, so Masechet Avot Perek Dalad Mishnah Tet, so there uh, Shmuel Akatan has a motto, and that is you know do not rejoice when your enemy falls. In and as a result of him living this, then he was able to somehow pull out all the personal feelings, um, you know when he when he when he created this bracha. So this was apparently the. The, the praise, the shevach that came out of the story about about Shmuel Akatan. Now, when you, what 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 Rav Cook takes out of this particular Agaratan the Gemara is that a person who's full of who's full of kanaut, you've got to you've got to go over and above to make sure that uh, that everything is l'shem shamayim. So that if you're going to flex the the midah of kanaut, it's got to be so pure. That um, it's got to be devoid of any kind of, uh, you know, influence uh, of of human failings, etc. There's there's got to be mamash 100% lishma, and so as a result of that, only then does real kanaot really work. So when I, when Akash Baruch Hu gives Pinchas uh, Brit Shalom, what what Pinchas what Pinchas is really being blessed with here is that Akash Baruch Hu tells Klal Yisrael that. As hard as it is for a kanai to uh, to do something 100% l'shem shamayim, no one else can know if, if the act is l'shem shamayim. And yeah, Kosh Baruch affirmed it that uh, that Pinchas's act was pure pure l'shem shamayim, and only a Kosh Baruch can can be made can testify to that level of purity, uh, and that there's nothing involved on a personal level. And uh, you see, Akali Israel wanted to try and um, challenge that. They came along and they said, "Look, your father, your grandfather, Aaron was involved with the eagle, and he's trying. To, and your your great grandfather was involved with the fattening cows for avoiding Zora. You know, are you really you coming from this this lineage? Are you really hundred percent pure?" So Akosh Baruch basically came along and and gave uh, gave Pinchas a bridge shalom. So this was a, another interpretation of what that bridge shalom was. The bridge shalom was that that. Um, Akosh Baruch was made that whatever whatever you did, whatever Pinchas did, 
was 100% Hashem Shemayim. And as a result of that, because it's done 100% Hashem Shemayim, anything that's done fully, purely Hashem Shemayim, you know, brings, brings Shalom to the world. And that's why it's called a Brit Shalom, because it completes what a person is supposed to achieve, the, the Shlemut of the, of, of the world. And, uh, and that is, that is uh, Rav Kuk's take on what the Brit Shalom really, you know, was all about. So we've seen a number, a number of approaches here as, uh, as to what happened and how we read the Brit Shalom and the Brit Kuna and sort of come together, um, you know, for, uh, you know, for Pinchas. Okay, I'm going to leave it there and uh, wish you a great Shabbos. And, um, yeah, we'll see each other during the week, if not on Shabbos. Thank you very much. Bye, thanks, Rob. Bye, thanks, guys. Bye.